Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are finishing up Mark. The original manuscript of Mark ends at chapter 16, verse 8. So this is where our story will end. Someone added on to Mark because they felt it seemed unfinished. Theologians take various views of whether to add these verses. Some say it has been tried throughout the ages and so we should teach them. And others say they were not the original author, so we should not because they are not inspired by God. With Mark, the end of chapter 16 tells of the Great Commission and that believers will pick up serpents and drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. And truth is, I've always struggled with that. So I will side with Abraham Curavilla's commentary and I will end our lesson with verse 8 because it seems to bring Mark's main point home. With that being said, the first act of Mark showed us who Jesus was. He's described as the Son of God. That section is full of miracles, which Jesus did, and it is also full of the disciples not understanding. The second act of Mark was on the way to Jerusalem. This is sandwiched by two stories of blind men being healed. The first took two touches from Jesus. The first touch he saw men as trees, and the second he could see clearly. This is partly in reference to the disciples who did not see clearly that Jesus's mission was one of suffering, which would lead to the cross. He told them three times that he was going to die and rise again, and they never understood. One time, Peter even rebuked Jesus. Twice, Jesus raised up children and said, we are to become like them, and the disciples didn't get it. The last blind man was by the way, and Jesus walked by. He cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. This was the first time this description of Jesus was used, which showed that Jesus was the descendant of King David, which made him in line to the throne. Blind Bartimaeus was healed fully, left everything, and followed Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. Act 3 starts with chapter 11 and Jesus entered Jerusalem. We call this Palm Sunday. Jesus was near the Mount of Olives and sent two disciples to go to a village and get a colt. They did and it was just as Jesus said. Jesus came riding in on a colt and the people shouted and spread coats in the way. They shouted from Psalm 118, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Here in Mark, Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple, looked around and left for Bethany with the twelve since it was late. On the next day, we have the beginning of one of Mark's sandwiches. They leave Bethany and enter Jerusalem. Jesus saw a fig tree, but it had no figs. And the Lord cursed the tree and said, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. 
his disciples were listening. They came into the temple and Jesus cleared it and quoted Isaiah 56 and Jeremiah chapter 7. Is it not written, my house should be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a robber's den? Dr. Culpepper in New Testament class said that Jesus was not cleansing the temple, but he was condemning the temple. He is saying this is over, finished, destroyed. Jesus is saying, don't think that I won't destroy this place again. Anytime you make a sacred place unholy, it will be destroyed. He then said the fig tree relates to the temple of Jerusalem. It had stopped producing fruit. The chief priests and the scribes heard it and began seeking how to destroy Jesus. When evening came, they went to Bethany. The next morning, they were passing the same way and the fig tree withered from the roots up. The disciples noticed and Peter asked about it. Jesus responded, have faith in God, pray and forgive so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. This time they entered the temple and the chief priests, scribes and elders were waiting for him. They asked Jesus about his authority and Jesus responded with the question about John the Baptist and his authority. The truth is they both came from the same authority, which was from God, which was why the religious leaders hated them both. Chapter 12, we see the parable of the wicked vine growers who kept killing the master servants and then finally his beloved son. This refers to Isaiah 5, the song of the vineyard. Then Jesus asked, what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. Then Jesus quoted Psalm 118. Have you not even read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected. This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. The religious leaders knew Jesus was talking about them and due to fear of the people, left him and went away. Then religious leaders kept testing Jesus. They asked about paying taxes and about the resurrection and marriage. And lastly, about the greatest commandment. And Jesus responded. The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. After this, no one questioned him. Jesus then tells the people to beware of the religious leaders who walk about in long robes and like respectful greetings in the marketplaces and the chief seats in the synagogue and places of honor at banquets who devour widows' houses and for appearance sake offer long prayers. They will receive greater condemnation. Chapter 12 ends with the beginning of another sandwich of Mark. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and began watching how the people were putting their money in. The rich brought in bunches, but a poor widow came and put two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. 
Jesus called his disciples' attention to this and said, Truly I say to you, this poor woman put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Verses 41 through 44. Now keep in mind, Jesus had just said that it was the religious leaders who devoured widows' houses. The temple was to take care of widows and orphans. Jesus was also pointing out that she was in this situation because of the sin of the religious leaders and what state the worship at the temple had become. Chapter 13 is the middle of the sandwich. As Jesus and the disciples were leaving the temple, one of them said, Teacher, behold what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. They're still not getting it. Jesus told them that not one stone will be left. It will all be torn down, which we know happened in A.D. 70. They went to the Mount of Olives opposite the temple And Peter, James, John, and Andrew questioned Jesus privately. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? Here are the highlights. See to it that no one misleads you, verses 5 and 6. Do not be frightened by wars or rumors of wars, verses 7 and 8. Be on your guard, verse 9. The gospel must first be preached to all the nations, verse 10. Do not worry, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to speak, verses 11 and 12. Verse 13, you will be hated by all because of my name, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. When you see the abomination of desolation, flee and take heed, for I have told you everything in advance, verses 14 through 23. After the tribulation, the Son of Man will come in the cloud with great power and glory. Then verses 28 through 31 read, Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near, right at the door. In other words, fall and the harvest is coming. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus does not know the day or the hour. No one except the Father knows. Verse 32. They are then called to take heed, keep on the alert, Be on the alert. The other bun to the sandwich starts in chapter 14. Here we have another unnamed woman. She came to Jesus who was in a leper's house. She brought an alabaster vial of very costly perfume of pure nard and she broke the vial and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant of this waste and scolded her for it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. 
These two buns to the sandwich show true discipleship, two worthy women whom Jesus praised. This female disciple of Christ understood that Jesus was going to die, unlike the 12 male disciples. And after that, Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus for money. Now, in Dr. Abraham Caravella's commentary on Mark, he compares Judas, the named male disciple of Jesus, one of the 12, with the unnamed woman. He was promised an unspecified sum of money. She gave perfume, which was more than 300 denarii, a year's wages. He gave up Jesus for money, and she gave up money, quote-unquote, for Jesus. He betrayed unto death. She anointed unto burial. The priest rejoiced and rewarded Judas. She was rebuked by the disciples. He was remembered as a betrayer and she was remembered with the gospel. The story continued in chapter 14 and the disciples prepare the Passover. Verse 18 reads, As they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you that one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They all deny it, but truthfully, one betrays and all leave him. And Jesus tells them in verse 27, You will all fall away because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 7. He tells them that after he is raised, he will go ahead of them to Galilee. Peter says, never. And Jesus said, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me thrice, three times. Verses 32 through 42, Jesus is praying in Gethsemane. He had asked Peter, James, and John to pray with them, but they couldn't stay awake. Three times Jesus tried to get them to pray, but instead they slept. In verses 43 through 52, Jesus is arrested and Judas, his disciple, greeted him with a kiss and betrayed him. In verses 51 through 52, that's the story of the young man who ran away from Jesus totally naked in order to get away. Since this part of the story is in Mark, that may be why some people think it was John Mark, but it does not say that at all. Verses 53 through 65, Jesus is on trial before the Jewish leaders, and Peter denies knowing Jesus three times. In Dr. Curavilla's commentary on page 321, he compares Peter and Jesus. Peter is free, and Jesus is captive. Peter is outside. Jesus is inside. Peter is accused by a slave girl and bystanders. Jesus is accused by false witnesses and the high priest. Peter had three accusations where he denied, denied, and then cursed and swore. Jesus had three accusations and he was silent, silent, and affirmed and explained who he was. Peter lied and was saved. Jesus told the truth and was condemned to die. Peter fulfilled the prophecy of unfaithfulness. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of faithfulness. In a sense, we see a double trial going on. 
Chapter 15, Jesus is brought before Pilate, the Roman official. He is handed over to be crucified. Pilate was willing to let him go, but instead the people cried out for Barabbas to be released. One thing that I found amazing in Dr. K's book was what the name Barabbas meant. Bar means son of, and Abba or Abbas means the father. Dr. Curavilla wrote, the son of the father guilty of rebellion and sentenced to death goes free chapter 15 verses 6 through 15 and the real son of the father innocent and falsely accused will die in the other's place the imprisoned one who killed someone is released and another becomes bound in his place one who has brought another back to life Chapter 5, verses 41 and 42. Jesus was mocked, dressed in purple with a crown of thorns. They hailed him king of the Jews. They beat his head and took him to be crucified. They grabbed a man, Simon of Cyrene, to bear his cross. Once crucified, he was mocked by those who watched. Until the ninth hour when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. He breathed his last and the veil of that temple on the mount was torn in two from top to bottom. The centurion who saw him die said, truly, this was the son of God. Some women were looking on from a distance and they used to follow Jesus and minister to him. And there were many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Verses 40 and 41. Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Jewish council, took courage and went before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, which he granted. Joseph bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb, which was cut out of a rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance. The women were looking on to see where he was laid. Chapter 16, when the Sabbath was over, the women brought spices so they might come and anoint him. They were asking each other, who will roll away this stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? One thing to note is that this comment also reminds us that the men were nowhere to be found. Looking up, they saw the stone was rolled away. The man in white said, do not be amazed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who had been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The end of Mark. What? Now wait a minute. We know that the ladies went and told the disciples. So why would Mark end it this way? Now it seems clear why someone added on to the ending. But what is Mark trying to do with his ending, with his writing? We know Jesus is the son of God. The book begins and ends with it. We know Jesus showed that the way to follow him is a road marked with suffering. We have seen that the 12 disciples did not understand and they left Jesus. 
John the Baptist's disciples were faithful to him and took his body and buried him. But Jesus's disciples fled, one even naked. Jesus was left alone. Simon of Cyrene instead of Simon Peter carried Jesus's cross. The women were the most faithful. And at the end of Mark's story, they were afraid and didn't tell anyone, at least for a moment. Jesus, however, was a faithful disciple of the Lord. He obeyed the Lord in everything, even death on a cross. The words of the angel give hope, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. They had not gotten it. They had not been faithful to his death, but Jesus did not write them off. There is hope. There is a new kingdom with the Holy Spirit that will enable these men and women to walk in the way faithful until the end. The old temple will be destroyed, but there is a new temple where Jesus is the cornerstone, which the Holy Spirit indwells, and that is believers in Jesus Christ. Mark is also keenly aware that there is one other person that the Lord is calling, the reader. The question is raised to us. Will we acknowledge who the Lord Jesus is? Will we accept the cost of discipleship? And will we go and meet him? He's here with arms wide open, no matter what our mistakes, no matter what our failures, because everyone except Jesus has messed up. So today, ladies, if you hear his voice, please, please, please don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be like the two unnamed women who gave what they had and did what they could do for the Lord. Until next time, and thank you so much for listening.